Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the OppoCast, the Opposite Lock podcast. If you're unfamiliar with Opposite Lock, it's a car enthusiast community that lives at opposite-lock.com, and we love just about every form of automotive oddness. If you've got a cool project, interesting take on something automotive, or just want to see what everybody else is up to, come on over and say hi. I'm your host, Jay Miner, and we're starting this podcast to celebrate three years of operations at our site. This all started when our former home at Jaloptic was shut down, which prompted us to build a new home that no one can take away from us, and thus the hyphen was born. Today's podcast is going to be a chat between myself, Snakes M13, and Shop Teacher. We hope you enjoy. We have with us today from Opposite Lock, the hyphen, we have Shop Teacher, and we have Shane, also known as Snakes M13. We are setting up and recording here the inaugural Opposite Lock podcast or OppoCast or a podcast or some name we'll figure out later and probably change it. But this is episode one. We've got the three-year anniversary of the hyphen coming up here after the, the death of Kinja. And we're just trying to do something special, start this off, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. The most logical thing is to switch to an audio format. Uh, of course. I mean, you know, I see nothing else that makes sense. So, Chain, Snakes M13. Do you want to tell us, uh, introduce yourself a bit about maybe your, your fleet, your history? What, what do you want to share? What do we want to know about you? Um, I go through cars like crazy. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> there, there are several on the site who are a little worse off than me on my uh, car ADD, but... I have gone through 24 vehicles, I believe, and I'm fairly young in my 30s. That's a lot of cars. It's a, it's a lot of cars. Some of them some of them I made money, some of them I lost money, some of them I just enjoyed. A couple of them I blew up, so um, <laughs> I've owned everything from a supercharged Thunderbird to a V10 twin turbo diesel Volkswagen Touareg which surprisingly doesn't even compare to the twin turbo Cayenne I have right now. But, and then of course everybody knows the 911 and now the cappuccino. So yeah, you, you got rid of a 911 and you bought a 500 Abarth and a, a JDM key car. It's a, a shift there. Yeah. It, different dri- driving dynamics for sure. They have their merits, and I also have two kids, so that has a little bit to do with that decision. Do the kids fit in either of those better than the Porsche, or is it more you're, you're keeping your big Porsche for daily, and these are now just fun cars? So the, the girls actually prefer the blue car, which is the Fiat Abarth. They prefer riding in that. Sometimes not everything fits, but the Cayenne does sit way more than the Fiat. They really enjoy that car and good for me. I enjoy the manual and enjoy the pops and the little bit of fun you can have around town and that. We're going to take a trip and of course take the Cayenne, but a little more room. Fantastic. Awesome. So out of your whole kind of vehicle fleet, your dozens, what's the favorite car you have owned? Mm. Wasn't prepared for that question. Um, 
they all have their merits for some reason i had a 2009 honda ridgeline and for some reason anytime somebody asked me what vehicle was the best to own that was the best to own it was the best all around everything i i don't know how to explain it just every time i see a ridgeline i'm like oh man i should have kept that thing <laughs> Okay, I mean, I, I I do. I recently purchased a first gen pilot, so I definitely do get some of the affinity for the platform. Kind of a, a, an all around Ute that doesn't drive like a full size truck is I, I could see the appeal. But then that turned into a S two thousand, so there's no <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to what happens in this household. That's fair. That's fair. All right. As the owner and long longtime owner and defender of the short bed crew cab form factor, it's the ultimate multi-tool. They are not the best at any one task, but they are. no other vehicle can perform as many tasks competently as a short bed crew cab pickup truck. The Swiss Army knife of vehicles. Okay. Yeah. Throw in a trunk in the bed, and you got your golden. I, I respect the Ridgelite immensely. I love my Sierra. You know, I've, I've had that thing since new, and it's never let me down. You know, my truck can tow a little more. It's maybe a little tougher. It doesn't have the trunk, but it was also dirt cheap. And, like, I've still, 17 years old, I've never had a repair bill over $600. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's great. Yeah. Okay. You know, I can haul mulch in it. I can haul six people in it. I can haul six people and a yard of mulch in it at the same time. Not that I've ever done that, but I but I can do, you know, I've had four friends and a camper and a couple of scooters. Like, you can do there's so many things you can do with that form factor of vehicle. Yeah, I, I was going to say, once you throw in the scooters and a camper, that, that's where you leave where what's something you could safely do with a midsize SUV. Right. I owned a lot of trucks. I, I'm, I'm a big fan, but I have never owned a truck with shorter than a six-foot bed. You know, I've probably owned six Rangers, I think four full-size Fords. But uh, for me, it's more truck is because I buy shitty old trucks. I... I <laughs> I've owned one made in this millennia, so. The only way mine could be better is if it had the six and a half foot bed instead of the five foot, eight mm -hmm. foot bed. That wasn't available in my generation of truck. Someday I'll be ha I'll have to get a new truck. It'll have to happen someday. I hope it's not soon because I can't afford it. But someday it'll happen. Your truck is great. What, what you, you fixed the, the rust on it. What was that, a year and a half ago? A little while back? Well, maybe it was two and a half now. I don't know. Time's a funny yeah. thing. A couple of years. We'll just call it two. All right. No, I, I get it. I, I'll say my my preference is more either I have a full-size bed that and I need it. So, for example, I used to heat my house with wood. So, I used to have to chop and haul a lot of firewood and logs and things like that. So, you know, a half-ton or larger full-size bed truck was perfect for that. Yeah. But if I needed something less, like I was hauling around motorcycles or doing all this, I usually preferred taking an SUV and a trailer because it was a lot easier for me to move and unload. But if you only have one vehicle and no space for a trailer, yeah, no, no you're right. And it's hard to argue against the practicality of, you know, full-size truck. I mean, I love all versions of trucks. 
it's to me it's not a which one's better than the other they're all great at something you know i love a full-size truck i love a mid-size truck i love a little truck for me i have to have a crew cab because i got kids i love a regular cab for my dad for years the extended cab was the jam for him because it was just him and maybe one other person but he had a lot of tools he wanted to keep dry and then yeah you know, he had a tight parking spot, so that was the six and a half foot bed made more sense for him. No, you know, makes sense. Like what, whatever the right tool for is for your job, buy that tool. I like it. I, I love them all. I love an El Camino. <laughs> I'm in. Like, yeah. I like I like a tool bed. I like a utility bed. I like a ladder rack. I like anything purpose built. I love it all. Fantastic. I want to jump in and apologize to the listeners that I could have said. 500 horsepower Chevy SS, my Porsche 914. I could have said, and we're talking about practicality on a car website. This is great. I think it's very oppo. It's what we end up doing. You know, we are definitely a weird community. Basically, any particular automotive niche or fetish you have, you'll find somebody that's really into it. And especially, there's a lot of folks that are kind of more on the the generalist spectrum, where they've owned a lot of everything or, you know, have day jobs and kids and families and just one of those things. You got to have a reliable vehicle to get you around at some point. And that's when my truck's been, like, my truck has been the thing that I can always rely on to get me to work and get my kids, get my family around. And then I can do my weird stuff with my junkie beaters and scooters and not have to worry about that. So is your truck your favorite vehicle or is it your rally Metro or the hooligan that you burnt to the ground or you, what, what's your favorite vehicle you've it's, had? It's my, my truck is the only vehicle I've ever developed a sentimental attachment to. Okay. Like I've loved every vehicle I've owned. Even the ones that were terrible, which, you know, the most terrible was the GTO I had for three and a half months that I traded in for that truck because that thing spent 31 days in the shop in three and a half months. Yeah. For various things. It was in and out constantly. And I traded that in. Even that car, like I still, whenever I see a GTO, my head whips (laughs) and I got to stare at it because that was still like the nicest, coolest, fastest thing I ever owned. But the, this, the truck is the only thing I've ever been sentimentally attached to because I've done everything in that truck. First date with my wife was in that truck. We left our wedding in that truck. My, both my kids came home from the hospital in that truck. Like, everything has happened with that truck. Wow. That, that's, I, I have never owned anything anywhere near that long. That's definitely, it's a story. You've lived your life in that truck. A lot of people see their cars as appliances, and here you are, you know, extolling the virtues and love of your your daily for the last, how long have you had that truck? 17 years. I was going to say, it had to be almost 20. Wow. 17 years. I, I bought that brand new in May of 2006. It was my, it was the last week of my first teaching job. It was under $22,000 out the door with tax and an extended warranty. Wow. I, I, for you to keep a truck that long and it looked that good, especially in Chicagoland, is quite a feat. A lot of other trucks of that age are in the junkyard by now up there. Yeah. I'm seeing more and more 800s in the, in the local junkyard. And uh, I can't get a decent part off of any one of them, hardly. 
You know, there are trucks that entered that phase where even in good shape, they're still cheap because they're old, but they're not old enough to be valuable. So they're just, they're great work trucks at this point. If I had the space, I'd be buying them up right now. <laughs> you can get a, you can get a decent one mm-hmm. for five, six grand, like yeah. a pretty nice one. Nobody give him the space. <laughs> I know. Well, it's okay because I don't have any money either. I'd have to have money and space. I have neither. Oh, <laughs> uh, you'll be the hoarder of GMT 800s. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, when people post these threads about what would you buy if you had a, if you won the lottery. I never have a really good answer, but I think the honest answer is I would start hoarding GM. I'd buy the <laughs> nicest stock GM trucks I could find. All right, sure. And that's what I would start buying. You know, that'll work. It's And a building to put them in. <laughs> that would cost more than all the trucks to put in it. That's okay. If I, if I want a billion dollars, who cares? All right. And what is Jacob's favorite vehicle he's owned? So that's, if we talking, let's see, favorite cars. Hmm. Favorite car I think I've owned is I bought an 01 Focus ZX3. So it had been about 2006. I was commuting a, a very long drive. I had about a 200-mile round-trip-a-day commute. I was doing three or four days a week. Um, it was brutal. And this was back in, I guess, 2007 I bought that. So this is back the first time gas exploded. And I was, you know, gas was 4 bucks a gallon in Missouri at the time. Well. Long commute, spent a lot of money on gas, so I bought a little Focus, which is by far the smallest car I'd owned to that point or since. Been mostly trucks, vans, SUVs, that sort of thing. It's It was fantastic. I ended up loving this car. Super, super base model. Two-door hatchback, the, that kind of egg shape of the early Focus that I still think is just such a great and unique looking car. They're beautiful. Five-speed. It had air conditioning, was literally the only option in it. Manual windows, manual locks, no CD player, uh, didn't have cruise control, super bass. And it was fantastic. Drove a ton of miles on that thing, put like 140-ish thousand miles on it. Owned that car five or six years. Uh, then I was getting to a point where I had a much, much shorter commute. We'd moved. And I had a brother that needed a car at the time. He had just had a kid and he wasn't in the the best of shape. And so he was in need of a car. So I taught him how to drive stick in it and I gave him the car. And about three months later, he put it in a ditch and that was the end of it, which makes me sad. (laughs) To to this day, I do still peruse focus listings and and look for a first gen hatchback. They're, They're quite cheap. If you can find one that's not thrashed, they're two or three grand. Yeah. They're a great platform for all, all sorts of things, and parts are cheap. That That's probably my favorite car. Yeah. Definitely underappreciated. In a sea of civics and such of the era that, that were huge in the tuner scene and are still pretty big, I think they're definitely a an underrated car of the era. In high school, I had a buddy who had the SVT version of that Focus, and he would always... Uh, this is just a random story that popped up, but he would always call me and be like, hey, when I was in college, I'd moved away. I got this guy who's got this, this, and this. You think I can beat him? I'm like, stop <laughs> racing that thing. Stop calling me, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, stop racing. Mm. So it was... That's fantastic. 
he ended up crashing it as well. So it might be a common theme with the focuses. I, you know, I, I had a good friend in high school. I So I graduated high school 2003, so kind of almost height of the Fast and Furious era. And I had a friend who also, before I, I owned mine a few years later, but he had two uh, ZX3s when he was in high school, put crazy sound systems in both of them. You know, one of those where he was at the time working at Circuit City in their audio <laughs> install department. So he had access to lots of stuff for cheap. All so it's open box. Bye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, and it was his his was always ridiculous you know it's one of those that would rattle windows when it drove past fart cannon underglow the, the the whole lights the the style of the time i think he wrecked both of his too as you know what it is they were cheap cars at the time so if i remember correctly they torque steered pretty bad like a volvo turbo volvo the SVT, I could imagine it would. Yeah, the ZX3, the base one, they were peppy for what they were, but they made like 130-ish horse, but they weighed like 2,300 pounds or something. So they, they were peppy, but mm-hmm. not fast. No. So we're three years on on the hyphen here. What uh, We'll start with you, shop teacher. What's kind of your favorite memory, anecdote, story? Oh, and for the listeners, both. Shane and Shop Teacher are mods along with myself, Jay Miner here. So we kind of keep the place running. But Shop Teacher, we, we are called curators. That's fair. We we are the curators <laughs> of the site, but we're we're also mods. They're they're one and yeah. the same. So, all right. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> what's, what's your favorite thing, bad, that, that's favorite, on, favorite thing that's happened on on the hyphen since oh. since it's existed? It's you know right at three years now. There's been a lot of good stuff. I mean, it is quite one thing, one favorite thing on the hyphen. Or a series or a project car or an adventure or uh, it, it can well, be something you right. did or something somebody else did. Just, you know. Well, my, <laughs> my famous thing is definitely not my favorite thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. So my favorite project car is the Fidget. Oh, that one is excellent. The, the amount of detail. That thing is amazing. I, I love those updates. I don't think we've had one in a little while, or maybe I just missed it. I think I saw one a couple weeks ago. Okay, but, I right. missed it. All right. But yeah, no, the, the amount of detail he has gone at basically re-engineering an entire car from scratch. I don't think there's going to yeah. be much original form factor, but the body panels when he's done. But that's, I mean, that's the beauty of it. Is like he, it's It's so well thought out and so like... You watch him do it, and it's like, oh, yeah, of course, that's how you would do it. I would have done it the same way. I wouldn't know how to do it. I wouldn't have, I'd stare at the thing and go, Burr. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. I don't know. It's, it's, it's amazing. That's definitely my favorite project car. Yeah, the vision he has from start to where he is now, where I, I, you're right, I would have given up where do the wheels go. Yeah. But it's amazing yeah. the amount of skill that has gone into that project. Yeah. Taking a midget, something that does, it's a platform that sees a lot of engine swaps from space is of course the big issue, but you know, most people would do something like stick a, a rotary or a tiny eco booster, something like that in there. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm a V6. Right. You know, I'm going to take an engine from a not too dissimilar vehicle, but from a different marquee and stick it in there and we'll see what happens. And it's, yeah. it's just fantastic. And that's a vehicle that, like, I don't really have any interest in a midget or a Fiat. 
but I just love watching those two go together in such exquisite detail. It is fantastic. Those posts are excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right, Shane, how about you? Well, first of all, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Silent But Not Really Deadly because he sent me some coffee from Australia and I'm drinking it right now. And I think this is the Tiger Snake blend and it is fantastic. And it is 8.30 at night and I am drinking a <laughs> cup of coffee just so I could say I am. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. So just the camaraderie, the, hey, I'll send you this if you send me this, is just amazing in this community. So yes. No argument. It, it's it's fantastic. Shop teacher has sent me a clock and a thermometer. I've got a homemade, nice, really nice butcher block. Somebody sent me who I am very sorry whose name I forget at the moment. But it is, it's just fantastic. I mean, I bought a car off of Barber up in Seattle. The community is just fantastic. Apple's willingness to send each other stuff, sell each other cars at a discount, go look at cars for each other, take care of each other. Like, it's, you know, and it was that community that it looked like we were going to lose and then we managed to not lose it. And so that's why this whole thing has been so amazing because we've, we've had that for a long time. And the fact that we managed to transplant it to another place is pretty yeah. amazing. No, no, it was. It, 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 at the time, I was definitely scared the whole thing was going away. I'll admit that's what prompted me to start building the hyphen. I am, I am pleasantly surprised how well it has hung around. It, it's definitely had its ebbs and flows, and not everybody made it, but new people still show up regularly. And all in all, it, it seems to still be alive, which is fantastic. Yeah, well, and that was, you know, even on Kinship, people would come and go. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a more drastic culling there at the transition, but a lot of people came, and more people have come. And, you know, some people have come and gone. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. The cycle continues. So I'm just, I'm proud of the community. I'm proud to be a part of it. And it's just a really lovely place, you know. I've, you know, that Raleigh Metro which I had for two years, you know, that, that came from Apple. That was, that was XJ Dano. You know, I made an offhand comment, you know, he was bummed out that his, it wouldn't pass inspection in Missouri anymore. And I made an offhand comment about, you know, offering him 20 bucks and I rally cross it. And <laughs> next thing I knew, he loaded it full of parts and drew, drove it from St. Louis to Chicago. That's awesome. To then transmission swap it in my garage the next day to then fly home that night which is simple right for the for the price of the plane ticket home that's fantastic that that's like, an amazing story there yeah so i i paid him 140 bucks for that car <laughs> you know he he didn't profit anything and then i rarely crossed that car for two seasons i ran a gambler 500 illinois including repairs i didn't have 500 bucks into that car and it still drove into the junkyard and I might have cried a little, <laughs> but it was just, it was rod knocking. It was pushing oil out for the filler cap and the, and the thing was too rusty to be worth an engine swap. It was kind of a miracle. It had, la it hadn't ripped the lower control arms off before that. <laughs> I will mention that, like you said, everybody's willing in this community. I have probably overused that willingness, but I will say 
nobody has ever turned me down for a Carfax check or looking at the Fiat. I had somebody look at the Fiat before I came down there and everybody has been so excited or generous or willing to do that. And I live away from everybody down by Corpus Christi. So there's no, nobody wants to buy anything here. <laughs> so I can't go look at anything for anybody, but I would. And I think that's the other thing is don't be afraid to ask those things. I mean, people can say no, but I think everybody's willingness to do those things is phenomenal. No, definitely. Yeah, when I bought the Pilot I have, I was I, I made a post. I said, I'm thinking about buying kind of a, a soft road or SUV, something midsize that I can sleep in and is moderately capable kind of on shitty forestry service roads and the like. Like a Cayenne. Remember? <laughs> I, I remember. I, I was looking at listings, and Barb said, "You know what? I've I've got a couple pilots. I'm going to stick engines in them. Are you interested?" And I said, "Well, okay." We chatted a lot, and he stuck a rebuilt engine in one. And I flew up oh a month or so later. Met with a bunch of folks up in Seattle. Had had dinner and drinks at a place, and then drove the car home, camping along the way. It was it was fantastic. I managed to miss that whole episode. <laughs> Really? Really? Boy, I've been out of it. That was in that was in early May, right before I broke my arm, which also yep. happened okay. surrounded by other oppos. That's that, that happened. Okay. That I remember. <laughs> that, that one I remember. That was the start of a of a rough summer. Um arm isn't yeah. still quite all back at it, but it's it's up at like 90% now, so I'm okay. I'm I'm mostly there. I'm on two wheels again. You've had a tough couple of years. It's been a it's been a rough spell. Yeah. What was the vehicle before uh, the pilot? Was it a Volkswagen? So yeah, I've I've still got an '89 Ranger that I'm a yeah. I've been threatening to put on Swapo for weeks now. I have to post compose. I just need to see if anybody wants it. So before the I, it was something you had like three months or something like that. It seemed like oh yeah, I, I bought for six months. I bought a Tiguan, a, a, a 2019 Tiguan. Because the 89 Ranger is a very, very bad daily driver. It's both not terrifically reliable, and it's it's quite uncomfortable. No AC. I mean, it's an old single-cab truck. You smell when you get out of yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, very much so. You know, it, it leaks everything. So I was starting a new job, the job I have now. And at the time, I thought I was going to have to be driving into the office three plus days a week. And I said, okay, I don't want to do that in this old Ranger. And this is still when the market was starting to calm down. This was last summer. I, I think I bought it May or April 2022. Bought a 19 Volkswagen Tiguan. Step above base trim. And it was it was fine. I drove it up to an oppo meet where we camped in Oregon, which was fantastic. Is decent highway cruiser. Got fine gas mileage. It got like a upper 20s, like 27, 28 on the highway. It was perfectly adequate. And then I just never drove it. I put like 2,000 miles on that thing in the six months I owned it because I work for a tech company out here in the Bay Area. And I found that I love the buses they run. So I can bike from my house about three miles away and I get on a company bus and I ride that into work with Wi-Fi working while I do it. I don't have to worry about traffic. And then, you know, six to seven hours later, I do the same thing in reverse. Um, and it's fantastic. And I found I just had zero actual desire to drive a vehicle into work most days. So it just sat. So I sold it. And then it, it is the Ranger became 
you know, more apparent that it's a, a crappy old ranger and was kind of limiting my, my weekend adventures. So it, it was something I was very hesitant to drive way up into the mountains without cell reception and camp for a weekend because I wasn't entirely sure it was going to safely and reliably bring me back home. So it, I, I stopped kind of doing those sort of things. And then came the pilot, which was much, much cheaper. You know, I think the the Tiguan, even though it was a reasonable price, it was twenty six or twenty seven thousand, which was too much for it to just sit there and not be driven. So now I have a a much cheaper pilot that still doesn't get driven much, but it's cheap, so I'm I'm okay with that. And I'm assuming you don't want to beat on the Lexus and take it out there. That's the thing. Yeah, my my mostly my wife's car. We've got that seventeen Lexus GX four sixty, which is really really nice, but it's her car. It is our road trip vehicle, so when we go camping. We try every couple months to make it up either into Northern California or Southern Oregon and do a little bit of camping or exploring. It's just, it's gorgeous out here. So that's the vehicle we take for that. We load it up and it's, it's fantastic at it because it is my wife's daily. It is her car. It would not be taken kindly upon if I were to go bring it home with trail pin striping all up and down the side. <laughs> so, but you haven't tried. <laughs> that, that's fair. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know what would happen. I'd, I'd have to, to fix that and return it to the same state it was in where, where I took it. You would have to spend it. I know what would happen if I did that to my wife's car, and <laughs> I might not survive to fix it. That's fair. Or, or uh, the punishment might be worse. All right, you get to replace it with a new one now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That might be a good topic. What does your wife drive? I like that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now that you brought that up, we just talked about mine. Shan, what does your wife drive? Oh, currently she drives a 2017 Mini Cooper Clubman with the three-cylinder turbo, which that is a gem of an engine. It's from BMW. It's Mm -hmm. the same one that was like in the i8 or whatever. She had a Cooper before that with the same engine, and then this is a Clubman. And I specifically told her don't get the S because I like the three-cylinder. But anyways... Doesn't matter. She wants to replace it. She wants a Subaru. Um, I want the Outback. She wants the other one that escapes me. The uh, Crosstrek? <laughs> Forrester? Forrester. There uh, we go. Forrester. See, I don't want it. I don't remember it. That's quite a shift there. I mean, not all too different. I guess the Forrester is a good deal bigger than the Clubman at this point. But Yes. All right. She's outgrowing her minis. She's had three minis so far she loves the minis and i try to push her onto a porsche macan maybe something that style and nothing catches her eye but a subaru so okay i kind of stuck there sure i mean they are they're they're not a big name by any means but they're popular mm-hmm. i ordered a crosstrek before i bought the tiguan um i ordered a, right. a six-speed crosstrek and then this was back in the, the craziness of the market when it showed up. The dealer who told me they were going to sell it to me for sticker added on ADM. And I said, okay, never mind. Goodbye. So I, I don't own a cross track, but I almost did. Figures. How about you, shop teacher? My wife has a 2015 uh, Mazda CX-5. Nice. In the only color worth buying, soul red. Mm. Oh, that red is fantastic. Uh, I actually want a beautiful electric blue, but they had discontinued that already. So uh, with that blue out of the options list, it was soul red. It had to be soul yeah. red. Only choice. Yeah. Only choice. Uh, that's a fantastic yeah. Mazda color. It really it is. is. It is. And it's a great car. 
Um, I mean, it's only got uh, 22,000 miles on it at this point because daily errands and we live a mile from school. So yep. if we go anywhere together, we take my truck because she doesn't like it when I drive her car and she doesn't want to drive. So, you know, Fair enough. Doesn't, doesn't drive that much, but it's a great car. And with that kind of mileage, we'll keep it for many, many years to come. All right. Fantastic. I think everybody, all three of us have bought at least one vehicle this year. I bought the Pilot. Shane, you bought the Fiat and the Cappuccino. And Shop Teacher, you bought two scooters. You didn't keep one of them, but... I did, yeah. What is probably in the new year at this point, in, in, in 24, what what do you think, or are you going to purchase anything new? I mean, I don't have anything planned. <laughs> But I never do, really. <laughs> actually, you bought three. You bought the uh, Buick back. The Buick was actually in 2022. Oh, was it that long ago? Okay. Yeah, then it sat in the garage for over a year before I finally, like, all right, I got to just do this. Yeah, I brought that in May of 22. All right. How about how about you, Shane, Mr. Automotive ADHD? You, you... Yeah, I'm never going to buy another vehicle. <laughs> I'm just I'm going to stick with the three I have. Uh... <laughs> no, I... Back in March, I actually ordered a Bronco Heritage Edition. Okay. And Ford continues to send me emails every month to tell me, we still have not built your Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) And we have no clue when it's going to be built. But when I ordered it, I ordered it with, of course, the six, seven speed manual. Mm And then they brought out the new Ranger in the summer, announced that all manual orders will be switched over to automatic. So it speeds up the Ranger production. Gotcha. So even if it comes in, when it comes in, if it's not a manual, I don't see me taking that delivery. Um, I'll probably drive it just to see, but at that point, I don't. it's just another SUV. It's not a off-road with a crawl gear and a engaging transmission even though it has the two three i think that's more appealing to me than the twin turbo v6 automatic that it would be coming with that's fair that's fair all right yeah i'm with you there yeah no, no argument i love a stick and a truck once upon a time, I used to occasionally do mud bogging, which which is a big thing in the Midwest. That is mm-hmm. better with a, with an automatic transmission, so there's no clutch to get filled with mud and and stop working. But otherwise, I'm with you. <laughs> it's all we have in the Midwest. We don't have any. That's fair. There's... We don't have any. We just have freaking flat plains of mud, dirt, dirt road, and swamp. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fair. I I will say after riding so. I, when I got the cappuccino, I flew up to Indianapolis and met DSM or die, and he pe- picked me up in the AutoZam AZ1. After riding in that and the cappuccino, the, cap- the cappuccino is what I wanted because that was the first car in Gran Turismo you had to buy in order to, you know, start making money to get other cars. That's sentimentally, that's something in my head. But I could see trying to maybe uh collect the abcs of k cars <laughs> um the autozam was really cool it was a little too small inside compared to the cappuccino but i mean 
my garage is big enough, I could get the AutoZam, a Beat, and a Cappuccino and just decide which one I want to drive that day. <laughs> okay. No, that's oh, fantastic. Yeah. This is why I like motorcycles. They're, they're so small. You know, I've got I've four of them in a small house in the Bay Area here, and it doesn't, they barely take up more space than a bicycle. I've had to pass on so many good deals on scooters and bikes this fall, just because, like, no, you have to finish this Buick. <laughs> the Buick it. is coming along great. Thank you. Yeah. No, that, that is a really cool project. I, I was glad to see it actually move and be together. Now it needs to become an actual car, because <laughs> it's still not really a car. Sure. Because the interior is completely gutted, you know, like including like everything inside the dashboard. So I've started working on that. You know, it has no glass and it has no weather stripping. It has like, there's still a lot to do, but I'm in process. This can be done. It will be done. For the last several years, I like to buy a scooter a year. Like I like to get one fixer upper a year and I didn't do that this year. And, and to even kind of force my hand a little, I put my wife's Vespa up on my scooter work table. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, you're going to take that space. I'll do a little work on that over the winter, too. <laughs> All right. No, I like it. I'm, uh, I, I'm in trouble. I, I'm kind of actively hunting for a new scooter for myself. I've got that Elite 80, which is just an absolute hoot around town, but its top speed is like 44 or something, 45, and that's in full tuck. Wide open throttle for several minutes to get there. Yeah, and no headwind. Uh, No, no, no. Maybe that's with a tailwind I could do 45, you know. (laughs) And I love it. I do have several other motorcycles, but kind of that ease of a scooter and and the wife loves riding it. She, she'll hop on it. We'll run errands around town, which again, the Elite is a little too small for that. So so I'm looking for something either like a 300 or 400 class, maybe a Piaggio BV350 or something. It's kind of what I'm looking for. So so I, I have an eye out, but that would put me up to five motorcycles, which is probably too many because <laughs> I've got the old Elite. I've got what's well, an 01. I've got a 15 CB500 X, which I hardly ride anymore. I've got a 71 CB500 that I did a lot of work to and is ready to go. I haven't put plates on it yet. And then I've got an old 70, I think it was a 74 Kawasaki Enduro that I I bought earlier this year. And it's in project state. It coughs, but I haven't spent enough time to, to put it back together. So I... I, I need to not buy a tremendous amount of bikes, but I, I'm going to buy one probably here in the next couple months. Get a working scooter so that you, it's not, you've already got a project. So get that, a that's that the thing. <laughs> Unless I find one that is literally like a few hundred dollars. And then that case, yeah. I'll probably do that. Yeah. But no, the, the thought is spend a couple thousand dollars and get a scooter that already has plates on it and is ready to go. And I just have to register and write it. Maybe tires. But yeah. I did really enjoy the power of the 300cc scooter that I owned for like a month. <laughs> the problem was that particular scooter, the front end was just so bad on that. It had no feel whatsoever. It was not, the geometry was just numb and it made it not fun to ride. Yeah, I, that's that's the big advantage of a scooter is that, you know, it's that catch twenty two. The small front wheel makes them a little unstable and skittish at speed, but it all also makes them so fun and tossable. I think this one was just not a good one. Well, it was a sim, wasn't it? It's a sim. 
All right. And and mm-hmm. the, it, I think it just had bad geometry. That'll do it too. I think I just needed a, a better 300cc scooter. I think like a Yamaha X Max or or a Vespa 300 or a yeah. Piaggio DB350. I think I think one of those three is is going to be the jam. And I was hoping to find a deal on one of those. I haven't found one of those yet. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I keep bouncing back and forth. Like 600cc scooters pop up cheaper than 300cc ones out here. So I, I, I've tossed around the idea, maybe a silver wing. <laughs> That's more than I'm looking for, but I don't know. They're like two grand. That's kind of tempting. I've done the same thing, but then I'm like, well, that they're so heavy, though, then they're not going to be tossable. If I have something 500 pounds under me, I might as well be riding a motorcycle. Yeah. So you, you probably just opened a can of worms. Once this podcast drops, there's going to be an oppo theme day. Hey, J Minor, buy this scooter. <laughs> You're going to oh. get so many suggestions. There's, there's, there's some anti-scooter oppos, too. There's a few that it annoys, and I don't, that just makes me happy that I'm annoying them. <laughs> it's, it's the lack of seriousness on a scooter, that, that part of it that I love so much, that it is sheer ridiculous as, you know... I. Chap teacher, neither you or I are small men. As, as we're bombing around on these tiny scoots, just having a blast. It's it's so much fun. Oh, I look like a circus bear on a tricycle, but I'm not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> you can't wipe the right. smile off my face. No, it's just you're out there just having a blast, and you can't beat it. Yeah, some are like, don't you want a real motorcycle? I'm like, no, not really. No, it's it, depending on what I'm doing is which one I'll take. And the majority of time these days, I grab the keys to the scooter as I'm going out the door. They're fun. They are. So should we tell the, the hooligan story? <laughs> you know, I think you should. I, okay. we, we've seen it in textual form, but please okay. recount it for us. Okay. Try not to shed a tear. People are going to want to know because, I mean, if anything's become a a, a meme on the hyphen, it's it's been this. It, it even followed me over to the Utopian today. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, Mercedes posted about I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> some some oh it was the new the new Himalayan and I commented that I liked it and was interested in having one someday and and um Hammerhead Fist Punch posted, Hey, and it wouldn't be on fire either. <laughs> yeah. Followed me. Oh. So this was um early April and uh riding on a it was a cool cool but sunny morning and uh, I kind of take a little bit longer route to work when I'm taking the scooter because it gets me off of some of the busier streets. Uh, streets that the scooter can ride on but I don't enjoy riding the scooter on so uh, I take a little bit of a weird route and as I was approaching kind of rejoining the main route I'm turning left at a stoplight that I almost always catch. But this time I didn't. I got I made the light this time, which you know, almost never happens. But as I'm as I'm going through it, I felt I thought to myself, gosh, my back is kind of warm. <laughs> Why is it so warm on a day where it's so cool? And then my brain went, Well, it's it's sunny out. And then my brain went, No, the sun's in the other direction, dummy. Why are you warm? <laughs> And so I, I turned onto the main route, and I only go a block on that route, and I turn right back off of it. And I decide, even though I'm only like four blocks from work at that point, 
let's just pull over and check. Why are you warm? You shouldn't be warm. So I get off, and I look down, and I have a pair of canvas Army Surplus Musette bags that I had strapped to the rear rack that I was using as saddlebags. Well, the one on the right side over the exhaust has come unstrapped in the wind, and the straps had gotten wrapped in the exhaust, and it was flaming. Like, it, was, it had already lit off. And the right rear corner of the scooter is already melting. Oh, goodness. And I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I shut the scooter off. I just kind of back up, kind of stunned. And then I go back and I grab my coffee off the cup holder because I can at least save that. <laughs> and I'm just kind of standing there for a minute, not really sure what to do. And a passerby had stopped and called 911. And I was across the street from a dry cleaner. The, the guy who owned the dry cleaner brought me over a, a fire extinguisher. And I was just about to hit it with the fire extinguisher. Now, this time, like, really the whole back end of the scooter is melting. Mm. You know, it's not, you know, the picture that everybody's seen, and I, I do have some more pictures, but I've really only posted kind of the really impressive one. But at this <laughs> point, the back end of the scooter is melting, and the flames are probably three feet high already. Intense. Ooh. It's it's a lot of damage already. and But I'm about to hit it with this fire extinguisher, and the, the passerby who had stopped to call 911, you kind of taps me on the shoulder and says, Hey, 911 says, don't use the fire extinguisher. And I said, really? They said, yeah, they don't, they don't know what kind of fire this is, and they don't know what kind of fire extinguisher that is, and you might actually do more damage than good. They, they, said, don't, they said, don't use it. And I thought about just doing it anyways. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, I don't really want to have burn scooter anyways <laughs> so i was like you know what i'm just gonna listen to them and let it cook and within a couple minutes of that was when that picture that i posted of it just completely engulfed was taken yeah that's a fantastic photo it, it, it really is yeah i'm glad i had i, I was completely like i I sent that picture, like, I texted that picture to my wife, but then I, like, I gave her no context. I didn't respond to any of her texts. I just didn't even have the wherewithal to to do anything else. A police officer showed up kind of right after I took that picture to block the street. And the first thing he said was, is that an electric scooter? And I said, no. And he goes, oh, good. <laughs> okay, no battery explosions about to happen. That's yeah. good. And then a couple minutes later, the fire truck shows up. Someone gets off the fire truck. First thing that one of the, the first thing a firefighter said to me is, is that an electric scooter? I said, no. He goes, oh, good. Common problem. They start kind of gearing up and I'm, and I, they are not hurrying. They are taking their time because <laughs> it's, go, it's over. There's nothing left to say. There's, just... there's nothing left to say. As, as they're kind of gearing up and this thing is just, just engulfed it's just roaring i can only assume the metal fatigue gets to the center stand or no it was on the side stand and the scooter just falls over <laughs> hits the curb but you know still flame just going after a while they finally get the the hose going and i mean 
they hit that thing with the hose, it's out in like, oh, eight seconds. Mm. And then they, then um, the fire chief shows up and says, is that an electric scooter? And I said, no. <laughs> and he goes, oh, good. Because <laughs> they're, they're, then they don't have to worry about a lighting back off, I guess. And then they pack up and the fire department packs up and leaves. And the cop stays there. And they, and they said, do you want us to call it a, do you want us to call a tow truck and tow it off, haul it off? I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep it. And they said, oh, okay. I, I'm just standing there dumbfounded. It was a, uh, it was a late start that morning. So like we didn't have kids coming for a couple hours, which is a really good thing because otherwise there would have been kids and families passing by watching this i was gonna ask did a crowd so i luckily i wasn't it would it would there, there wasn't been. a crowd that gathered though during this no it was just me and the mm. one passerby who actually turned out to be the parent of a former student because <laughs> I'm, I'm in the neighborhood like i'm right there right he actually offered to drive me the rest of the way to the school although it was totally in walking distance but all of a sudden my wife shows up now, I remember, I sent her the picture, and then no context, no response, no nothing. She started zooming in on the businesses in the background to figure out where I was. Wow. That's a good wife. That's good. That's a good wife. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He obviously needs assistance. I'm but just he's standing there with details. this guy, and I hear, all of a sudden, I hear my wife in the background, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And then we watch the tow truck driver haul it off, and he just drags it up onto the, the bench, and he does the most half-assed job I've ever seen of cleaning up the parts. <laughs> I went back the next day with a garbage bag and, and cleaned the rest of it up, and including like what was left of the battery was just sitting on the curb. <laughs> yeah. The pavement is still melted there. You can absolutely see where it happened. And of course, they had just repaved the road. So it'll be there for years. It will be there for a long time. Oh. The the parent the the guy who stopped wanted to start a GoFundMe for me to you know oh. get a new scooter. I'm like, it's okay, dude. It's insured. Oh. Apparently, what? he then called the principal because I wouldn't give him my last name. Like I didn't give him my information. Well, he knew my last name, but I didn't give him like my full information. Apparently, he called my principal and tried to get it from her to start the GoFundMe. And she's like, no, it's okay. He's got insurance. He doesn't use this community's charity for something else. Are there any emotions driving that every day, having to see that melted spot? Sometimes I just shake my head. Like, (laughs) man, I did really love that scooter. Which is why I ended up, after the one 300cc sim didn't work out, I... I didn't buy anything for a while, and finally a, a hooligan showed up pretty close. Like, close enough, anyways. It was like an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was close enough, and it was at a reasonable price, and I went and grabbed it. So I ended up buying the exact same make and model. Just a few years newer. Yeah, it's it's five years newer. It had 5,500 less miles. It had it came with the, the same rear rack that I, bought, I paid extra for. It had a top case and a windshield, and... I only paid 200 bucks more than the insurance payout. Are we taking preventative measures to not catch on fire? Yeah, I'm not going to put canvas saddlebags <laughs> on it. Oh, 
that thread is one of my all-time favorites. It was just, I yes. mean, a lot of it is, is your tone is the only way it worked because you were a yeah. great sport. You were as amused about it as the rest of us, but oh, that thread was fantastic. It was, yeah. it was, it helped. I've always dealt with tough things with humor. Like that's always been how I've done it. That's how my family does it. Like we use jokes to get through tough things. And uh, so that worked for me. And uh, boy, some of those photoshops. <laughs> yeah. Just epic. No, definitely. That, that's one I sent to my wife. She got several great laughs out of it. It's just is fantastic. Well, all right. Well, we have been at this for, I think, almost an hour now. And it is. I'm sure, we'll have to cut half of it out. Mostly garbage. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> But this this has been a genuine blast to spend an evening chatting with you fine gentlemen. Likewise. Any parting words? Hey, careful what you wish for, Oppo. <laughs> you wanted a podcast, you got a podcast. That's, this is the dribble right. you get. That's right. This has been a running joke for years that this is going to happen. Well, here's at least one episode. We'll see what on earth happens after this. I'm, part of it's going to be how much work it is to turn this chat into something consumable. But we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I will say, whoever gets shop teacher for Secret Santa this year, it's got to be something with that picture framed. Oh yeah, you know, monogrammed on something. We got to have a flag, <laughs> something. Somebody just shall sell shop teacher burning scooter merch. I love it. <laughs> we really should capitalize on that picture with some merch. That that is an excellent idea. We um, will maybe do something about that. I would I fully expect to just be showered with fire extinguishers and <laughs> fire blankets. Oh. Well, all right, gentlemen. Uh, I think we're going to sign off at this point. So that was our episode. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had. It's a great example of the kind of engagement we see on the forum. So if you're interested and want to hang out with us, come on down opposite-lock.com. Say hello. We'd love to have you.